This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Get the champagne ready. The NBA Finals are here. Welcome to the NBA Finals. Let's raise our glasses and our rings to the two phenomenal teams left standing. My goodness! Here's the high-stakes action to thrilling moments we can't miss. He ties the game at the buzzer! And to crowning our next champion. Here's a toast to the NBA Finals. The 2024 NBA Finals presented by U2TV continue on ABC. Welcome in to On The Beat presented to you by Johnny T-Shirt and Blue Shark Vodka. Let's go. No Tommy Ashley. So Ross Martin here is taking the lead on the hosting. We have Adam Smith. What's up, Adam? Can everybody hear me okay? Check, check. We're good. John, producer John, the ones and twos. What's up, John? I didn't know we got a new sponsor, Blue Shark Vodka. Is that as of this week? Yeah, Blue Shark uh, Vodka is sponsoring On The Beat Live and the new Jeff Schottmer show, Calling the Shots. Um, they're exclusive to those two shows, title sponsor for Calling the Shots. So we'll talk about Blue Shark Vodka later, and I'll hopefully have an actual bottle for the next time we That's talk. That's a shout-out to Ross Martin, by the way. I've seen him working hard to procure that sponsorship. This guy, I mean, he never stops. He says he wakes up thinking about how to make Inside Carolina better, goes to sleep thinking about it. And I've, I've seen him trying to get that sponsorship locked in, and sure enough, he's done it. So shout-out, Ross. Thank you. All right, let's get some questions in. I think questions are going to kind of guide this discussion. You know, we got we don't have Tommy here, so we're going to have to rely on our our loyal listeners and watchers to send us some questions here. Obviously, we're going to start at the top. Mac Brown press conference on Monday. Adam, you were there. I was there. They named uh, Drake May the starter. I want your initial thoughts when you heard that. What was going through your mind? And then we'll get to kind of how it broke down with with Longo and uh, and Coach Brown. They named a lot of starters on Monday. Um, matter of fact, Mac, I believe Mac named 21 starters before he got to uh, Drake May. Um, what was it? 11 and a half minutes, 11 minutes and 38 seconds after Mac said, welcome. Welcome, everybody. Uh, <laughs> there you go. There you go. It's, I'm, I'm trying to – I'm hearing him more often. So, welcome, everybody. Um it was 11 minutes and 38 seconds. Then he got to the quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, I don't know. Ross, like, oh, my gosh, what a time to be alive. I don't, my head might still be spinning from all the information we picked up on Monday. Um, I, I believe that – I don't know. You know, Mac poked fun at the rest of us out here who who aren't coaches, saying I don't know how you can figure somebody's going to be the starting quarterback. But I believe we all thought that it probably would be Drake. I don't know if that's what you guys thought. I think we've said that before. Um, and we got some more insight today when we were talked to the players this evening uh, over at the Keenan Football Center. Um, yeah, I believe Josh Downs said that he felt like Drake had, had made some more plays mm-hmm, recently mm-hmm. in practice. And I thought it was only two words, but I thought that DJ Jones was uh, a telling response from running back DJ Jones uh, when someone asked him, um, you know, what might have broken the tie with with Drake and Jacoby, and he said probably consistency were, yep. were the two things that he said. And, um, you know, the players know. Um, so, you know, listening to them, we gained a little bit more insight. But Mac wasn't going there on Monday. <laughs> yeah, what an odd deal. He was like, I'm not going to take questions about the quarterback. It's like, what are we here for then? Like, we're here to get the quarterback. And he's like, I'm not going to – you know, it's the first time Mac doesn't take questions. The guy will talk for, you know – you know, he talked for 47 minutes. He'll talk about anything forever. His answer is so long. But the one thing we wanted to hear about, about he refused to take questions, which I thought was odd. But we eventually got some stuff out of him. 
as good journalists and media members do. <laughs> John, producer John, what was your take? You're a big fan. You're out there. You're on the Twitter, Twitterverse. You're, you know, you're employed by Inside Carolina now. Your take on on kind of how Mac approached it and on on Drake May. Yeah, I, I found it really interesting because I've covered Mac Brown as well. One thing you know about Mac Brown is he's very media savvy. He understands mm-hmm. how the media works. He understands storylines and how to treat the media. I believe it was him earlier this offseason who said he wanted to name the starting quarterback a week before the game so that quarterback could go meet the media and get used to some of that pressure. And then we get to this week, and it's a little weird. I want to actually pull up one of your tweets, Ross. You said Mac Brown on his radio show said he named a starting quarterback because the media asked him to, and then Mac Brown said he would rather never talk to the media. I found it very odd. Yeah. I think that it's just sort of, you know, speaks to maybe there's some some things going on. Maybe it was a really challenging decision for Mac Brown and the offensive staff. Um, another thing that I found interesting that kind of stood out in little nuggets here and there, I understand that most of the players found out via social media or via the, the news media like yourselves. I also find that very interesting. This is yeah. a huge decision. You know, why not stand up in front of the team and, and tell the team first? Um, so I think a lot of this will be put to bed after we see both quarterbacks play on Saturday. Um, but I think the way this was handled this week was was a little bit odd. I agree. From the outside. I agree, John. And that tweet was from his radio show that I mm-hmm. tweeted, listening to his radio show. And I, I think it was a little kind of Mac joking around type question. But, you know, I don't think you should take that very seriously. Mac loves the media. But a little disrespectful when you say you don't want to talk to us when we're literally the mouthpiece of the program. Um, I think that if I could jump in real quick and it, uh, just to add to what John was saying, I think that maybe one of the reasons uh, he said, I'm not getting into the quarterback competition. He repeated that several times. I'm not getting into the quarterback competition. I, I in looking back in it, I – Edit. I I took it as a way of being respectful to Jacoby Criswell. The fact that he did not win out. You know, that's. I guess that was my take on it. By him, you know, going uh, non-answer for an answer. Um, he was trying to be respectful just of the guy that didn't win the job, uh, and even said something like, "If I say that Drake did this thing, then everybody runs with it as as like that was the big yeah. uh, differentiator or something." So that was kind of my thought once I went and looked back at it and listened to him again. I, I think it was a yeah. He wanted he didn't want to say something that would make them think you know that Criswell wasn't good enough for the job because I think he was he is good enough for the job. It's just that Drake did a little more late made plays, as you said, more consistent. So that was. Look, there's something here about keeping Jacoby happy. And I wonder if, like, we talked about this, Adam. I wonder if it is um, we want to play Jacoby to keep him happy. We think he's good enough to play. We won't mind playing him. Or is it going to be Drake, Drake, Drake until he messes up? Then it's Criswell. Who knows? We'll, we'll see more on, on Florida AM. And then I think we'll see even more App State um, and Georgia State. But what did you take on that, on, on that Adam? Well, I was thinking. Um you know how my mind is kind of weird sometimes. I was like, is, is Drake QB one or is he QB 0.75? You know, like what uh, we're going to find out. I mean, that's the thing, you know, the, no game has been played yet. Um, and we're going to get, you know, we're going to get some answers. What Max has said repeatedly, this, this team might have more question marks than any team he's been a part of in decades in college football. I don't know. If that would be true, he had some lean years his first couple of years in Chapel Hill. But um, we'll find out. We'll find out more. And I do I do think that that is uh, an aspect, an angle to all this is no matter who didn't get the job, whether it's Drake or Jacoby, is trying to placate the person who is not going out there first, um, because it's just a fact of life now in college athletics. You know, I mean, look at um I mean, look at Carolina basketball, you know, guys that dropping off the face of the earth during during the season. I mean, it's just a fact of life. What uh, Emory Simmons last year during the football season, a bunch of guys, uh, five or six guys during the season last year hitting the portal. So I think that's a fact of life. I think if you're a coach, it's something you have to try to account for. I mean, you want to you want to try to keep your team, uh, your roster is full and is, um, you know, all the pieces there that you can't. 
And uh, I think that that's that's part of it. I could be totally wrong, but that's what I think. Yeah, they're one, you know, the one injury away, one play away from Criswell being the quarterback for the rest of the season. You got to look at it that way. So that's why they want to keep around a really good quarterback. You don't want a really good second backup to leave because look what, I mean, going back in history, man, look what happened with Nathan Elliott and Chaz Surratt and, and all that situation, or even when Sam didn't really have a backup and they couldn't run him because they didn't have a backup who could play. Um, we're going to talk a lot more about quarterbacks when our guest comes on. I want to make sure we give him a chance to talk about it. So we're going to, we're going to, I think revisit the quarterback situation when our special guest joins us in about 10 minutes. Um, I've got so, a great question for us, Ross. Right now? It's a perfect segue. Okay. Go. It's, it's leading into uh, the rest of the announcements that Adam uh, talked about at the beginning of the show. Okay. UNC released its first depth chart. Uh, we kind of got a first look at what this team is going to look like. So far, it had just been speculation, but Mac Brown released that depth chart. For both of you, what was the biggest surprise that you saw this is a question from chris phillips and before we get to that guys remember you can join us if you're listening on audio you can join us every tuesday at 9 p.m on inside carolina youtube make sure to subscribe inside carolina youtube and we really appreciate those who are involved in the conversation um, here on on the beat live every tuesday at 9 p.m adam go ahead your biggest surprise from the depth chart released on monday that's a good question from chris phillips chris thank you um i think that's a, a, a good question I don't know. I've got the uh, I've got the depth chart here on my phone. Um, I don't. Maybe Dante Balfour ahead of Storm Duck at one corner at the corner opposite mm-hmm. Tony Grimes. I don't know if that's that. I, I don't know if I would call that a surprise, but um, I don't know that one. That one to me kind of stood out. You know, everybody's looking at the offense and the receivers. You know, the the running backs. There's so many young guys in the mix at receiver and running back. Um, and obviously Storm has battled injury problems for two seasons. Um, yeah, so the reason why Dante Balfour is starting at cornerback, it seems, is because of Storm Duck missed a lot of time and has dealt with a lot of injuries. So it's important to note that. But that, that's a that's a clear one. I think they really like Dante Balfour. I do. Start. That's what I was getting. I, I, I you might you might look at that if you look at, at cornerback where it says Dante Balfour, freshman or Storm Duck. You might look at that as a, as an indictment of Storm and his injury health in his injury history, but I think it also is they do really like Dante Balfour, and mm-hmm. you know he's got some length, six one. Um, you know you're hearing that's one of the guys you've heard a lot of good things about during this camp. Yeah, um, what Tony Grimes said uh, he's got that dog in him today because I believe mm-hmm. he's a Florida guy. So love that, love that. I will go with you know I think DJ Jones getting the nod at running back makes sense. I don't know if I use the word surprising, but that makes sense given him being kind of the most experienced guy back there. But I, I mean, for some reason, Gavin Blackwell starting at wide receiver jumped out a little bit to me. You know, I know they like him, but Justin Olson's played a lot. Um, Kobe Passor, they like Kobe Passor, they like him a lot. He's backing up Josh Downs in the slot, but he will play a lot too. And then you have JJ Jones, Andre Green on the outside. I think we'll see a lot of Green and Passor, but. Just Gavin Blackwell didn't play much last year, getting the start nod outside receiver. So not for me. John, do you have a pick? Yeah, for me, it's it's right tackle. Mm-hmm. You see Spencer Roland, he's there as a, a graduate transfer. It's one thing if you're a grad transfer like Noah Taylor, who was there in the spring. He's been kind of getting used to North Carolina. He probably knows where things are on campus. But as I understand it, Spencer Roland has, has not been in Chapel Hill for very long. He is getting acclimated to the football team, getting acclimated to the university, and now he is the starting right tackle in game one. Um, yeah. That's yeah, a good one, Yeah. It's just surprising okay. to see his name there. Well, I mean, you understand that Zach Rice is behind him and he might not be ready yet, but still surprising to see his name there at the top of the depth chart. Especially because the, the last team Spencer Rowland played against was Yale. Isn't Harvard-Yale always the final game of the season in the Ivies? I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm assuming, you know, he'll – the last team they played against was Yale. I don't know who Yale has coming off the edge, but um, anyway, I think that's a, a good point. John, sorry to cut you off on that, Ross. No, I mean, it's surprising because, as Max said, he's missing, what, two practices a week? <laughs> now you got your starting left, starting right tackle missing two practices a week. They must have worked that out because game week, you know, as we talked about on calling the shots with Jeff Schottmer, presented <laughs> by Blue Shark Vodka, uh, you know, Tuesday is the install day. Uh, Wednesday's kind of you add to it a little bit and work out some kinks. Thursday is the kind of the run through and some special team stuff in certain situations. And then Friday is the walkthrough. So there's really like 
Tuesday, Wednesday, the most important days for uh, the game week. So if he misses Tuesday, like, what are you going to do? Um, that's a great pick, John. And, you know, I think we'll see William Barnes maybe at right tackle some. I think you can see some rotations, some kind of tryouts there at, at, at that spot as we get into Florida A&M and, um, of course, App State and Georgia State. Um, before bringing our special guest, let's go through kind of any other takeaways initially. I think, you know, we talked to Mac. We talked to Phil Longo. We talked to Gene Chiswick. Adam, was there anything that stood out from your conversation with the coordinators? We only talked to them once during the preseason, and now we get them every Monday, obviously, ahead of the opener. I thought – I thought they both were interesting to listen to. I always feel like we learn a lot when we, we hear these guys. It's, it's, I mean, just the sense of newness with this team entering this season. You know, you have obviously a new starting quarterback. You know, there's a whole bunch of uh, different guys at running back. There's, you know, there's no Michael Carter, Javante Williams, Ty Chandler. Um, it's Josh Downs and a whole bunch of young guys at receiver. Um and then on the defensive side, you've got Gene Chizik, who's been out of the game for five years. Well, he's been connected to the game, um, at, at, you know, working with the SEC network. But uh, when we were talking to him yesterday, you know, you know, I think someone asked, you know, do you think you'll be nervous uh, yeah. on Saturday? And, you know, it will be his first uh, time, first game in five years, first time calling a defense in five years. So I just feel like maybe the sense uh, of – of newness, you know, the different guys that you're breaking in at, at some of these key positions. And um, I'm interested to see what this defense is going to look like. I hope we haven't hyped it up too much this preseason, but I really feel like um, it might be a special group. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't know about you, Ross. Yeah. So what I think the newness thing and all these new players, I mean, Drake may talk about that today, how he is getting used to these new players he's working with. He's new. He's throwing a new receivers. He's got a new right tackle, a new center, a new right guard, um, you know, a new running back. Like there's so many new players now, especially with those injuries on the offensive side of the ball. Whereas the defense, you know, you look through it, it's like, all right, Cedric Gray's played, Tony Grimes played, Storm Ducks played, Miles Murphy, Ray Fahasek, they've both played. So there's a lot of news on offense, which uh, could be nerve wracking. But on defense, like you said, like that's the one position group where the one position or side of the field where I think UNC should feel confident. But they're going to have to come and bring it. Like the defensive line needs to be a force this year. Everything We've talked about this. Everything's in place. Miles Murphy should be a stud. Javari Ritzy, Rainbow Hasek, Dez Evans, a big year for these guys. This is contract year. I mean, some of these guys can go pro. Yeah. Um, you like that? Yeah, I do. I, I like that. I, okay. I'm a fan of contract year. And we're going to do one more listener question. And then bring on our special guest. Uh, first of all, Adam, I talked about this as well. We love the style of Phil Longo and Gene Chizik. Gene I was going to mention in. that, but I thought I might get roasted. I, yeah, their fashion was great yesterday. Yeah, if you're secure with yourself, you can talk about other men's style. Gene Chizik rolling in with the slim cut, light wash jeans, a nice pullover, and some low top sneakers. You come in on Longo's outfit. What was that? Longo had a little hoodie, just a little uh, a Carolina blue hoodie. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a, a tight, a tighter pant. Uh, maybe a white jean type material. I don't know. I thought it was a good look. I mean, the colors look good on him. Um, obviously, a fresh flat top. Um, yeah. And um, he was the one we noticed first. But yeah, you and you had it on jean. Yeah, they're kind of bundled up for August a little bit. Must be cold in the building around there. They're always. I, I, I mean, Gene looks like he's forty years old. Like he could still go out there and and, and play. Like he's back at Iowa. It was Iowa State. Iowa State. Yeah. All right. Let's get one more question, John, and then we'll take a break and bring on our very, very, very special guest. This is a good one from friend of the program, Michael. He asks, who jumps into the starting rotation first, Amarian Hampton or Andre Green? I think both of them featured uh, in the depth chart that was released, and we'll probably see them both on the field on Saturday. It's a little interesting because, like, when you say starting lineup, like, I think they could go DJ Jones and Amarian Hampton is kind of the one-two. Um, but I imagine they'll roll with DJ Jones until proven otherwise. <sighs> I'll go – I'll go green just because Hampton enrolled in June. Well, so did green Dang, But uh, I think, I think they like, uh, I think they like, um, I think green has, you know, obviously has three opportunities to get on there and they can also roll four wide receivers. And I think green's to be a freak. It's an extra E at the end there, Michael, Andre green, Dre green, jr. Adam. Uh, head coach, head football coach, Mac Brown said yesterday that Andre green jr. Is a star in the making. I, I believe superstar was the, the word he used 
you know, that catches your attention. Um, Josh Downs was, was speaking glowingly of Andre Green Jr. today, too. Um, I mean, both of these dudes are absolute studs. And how old are they? 18? I mean, these mm-hmm. guys are grown-ass men. Yep, I, I might have taken the Ross Martin cuss word quota there. Um, they're grown dudes. Uh, how about Omarion? They got Omarion Hampton and Caleb Hood at kickoff return on the initial depth chart here. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was saying to Ross, it's like it's like putting like Marshawn Lynch at kickoff return. Is that is that what we do now? Since I guess kickoff returns aren't that big of a deal anymore. I don't know. Whoever catch the ball. All right, good question. Let's get into um, the ads here before we bring on our special guest. Uh, first, Johnny T-shirt and JohnnyT-shirt.com. Right on Franklin Street and online at johnnytshirt.com. Remember, all Carolina Inside Count subscribers get 10% off with the promo code found on the Tar Pit and the uh, UNC Basketball Premium page. Everything you need, crew neck sweatshirts, hooded sweatshirts, T-shirts, jerseys, Johnny T-shirt and johnnytshirt.com. We love them. They're local. They support us, support them. When you're coming in town on Friday, Saturday, any other game week, check out Johnny T-shirt and johnnytshirt.com. We appreciate their support. If you're getting UNC gear, you know where to go. And, of course, our new sponsor, Blue Shark Vodka, the smoothest vodka in the world, an award-winning vodka right out of Wrightsville Beach, made with Carolina, sweet Carolina corn. Um, Of course, part-owned by Connor Barth, the legendary UNC kicker. Um, They're making that vodka down there in Wrightsville. You can find it in all 100 North Carolina counties. They're also in South Carolina now. So, uh Check out Blue Shark Vodka. You know, I like a little, that's what I like to do, a little basil, a little cucumber, a little Blue Shark Vodka, a little soda water, and uh, some blueberries on top for color. You kind of muddle that all together and strain it, and you have a little, um, you know, call it the Martin Garden uh, (laughs) Vodka drink of choice there. So check that out. Bring it to your tailgates. Blue Shark Vodka. Check them out on their Instagram page, Blue Shark Vodka. All right. Take some break for some national ads. Be right back with our special guest. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right. And we are back on the beat live inside Carolina. And we got Brian Ives chuckling. Brian Ives from the ACC Network, producer there, also an alum of Inside Carolina, a former intern for Greg Barnes. Uh, He's been a guest here before, I believe. I don't know if I've ever been on a podcast with Brian, except for that uh, Roy Williams retirement podcast we did, which was such a weird time. Brian, what's up, man? They usually only allow me on if Tate comes with me. So okay. I appreciate I appreciate you letting me come. Shout out Blue Shark Vodka. There you go. There you yeah, go. that looks – I can tell us Blue Shark Vodka. Yeah, um, I'm not sure I'll tell you too, there's there's a lot of pressure on me because I'm supposedly producer John, but we have a real producer here. So I'm like That's trying right. to be all professional with Brian, get you set up. I don't know how I'm doing here. But I didn't even know who the guest was going to be. I didn't even know if I was allowed to ask. <laughs> they, I feel, I feel like. It surprised to me. I had no idea who the reveal was going to be. Do y'all know each other? Very disappointing. Yes, of course. Yes. How do y'all know each other? I had no, I mean, I had no idea. Through you, Ross, you introduced us in Phoenix, the 2017 oh, okay. Final Four. Ah, that's when. Okay. I'm a huge fan of Brian. Huge fan. Yeah. That's I right. would just like to listen to him talk and I'll not say a word. Okay. Brian, I want you – we're talking UNC football, obviously. I want your kind of take on this team right now, kind of the outside looking in, a fan in the media. What do you think about the 2022 Tar Heels heading into the home opener against the Florida A&M Rattlers? Boy, that's a broad question. Um, certainly not a yes or no question. Um, so, I like – I mean, I kind of like when Carolina flies under the radar as a fan. Um and I'm not just saying that because of how last year went. I think that they operate better when the spotlight's not on them. Um, I'm sure there's some statistics traditionally to back that up. Um, but I just think it's better. I think I think they come into the season more relaxed. They're more focused. Um, so I actually like – I'm bullish on this team. Um, now, to what level, I don't know. 
but the talent's there. Um, you go to practice, you see it's, it's, it feels different than last year. Um, it feels like they're focused. They're more, you know, aware of things. Carol, every time you've been to a UNC practice for years and years and years, the bodies are there. Like, the players are there. Um, they're especially there now. Like, at the, you watch the defensive line. That's a different-looking defensive line um, than many you'll even see in Power 5, much less North Carolina. But the bodies are there, and it seems like they're, they're focused. They know it's about business. You know, if you're not doing the job, you're not going to play. doesn't matter who you are. Um, so I'm actually kind of bullish on this team because I think they're embracing what happened last year and using it as motivation. And um, you combine that with the talent and the motivation. I, I, I'm bullish on this team in general, despite the lack of experience. What do you think about how Mac handled the quarterback announcement and decision? And like Adam, go ahead and ask the question after after Brian done with this, so you can kind of get I mean, I, going. I mean, I think you you I think exactly what he said. You want a quarterback that goes through the week as the one and sort of goes through that process and learns what it's like to be the starter, does all that. Um, I think that's smart um, because you know you don't want a quarterback sitting two quarterbacks sitting there all week like will I won't I. I don't think that's great for preparation. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I I think they've handled it well. They they. They seem like it's no different than the starting right guard, for example. Every position on that team is important to them. So they're not going to overblow a certain position. They're not going to overdo it. Um, They're going to watch every rep, which I'm sure they did, and they're going to make a decision. Um, And I think it's smart for Drake or if it was Jacoby's development to sort of let him operate as the one for a week and see what it's like because neither one – well, Jacoby did against Wofford, but neither one's ever done that, you know, for a full week as the guy. I think the team knows, all right, this is our guy this week. Let's rally behind him, practice everything. Like, there's nothing, there's no looking over, like, oh, did Jacoby make a better throw? Oh, Drake make a better throw? This is your guy this week. Let's go. I almost think that Matt kind of left it open where, I don't know, it just seemed like he is kind of leaving it open for them to look over well, their shoulder. I don't know. I took well, it that way. Well, I mean, he's his hope is both are going to play. Obviously, like you can't not produce and play. I don't care if you've, uh, I mean, if you're Josh Downs and you go out there and drop five passes, they're not going to let you keep playing. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have you have to you have to produce to play. I don't think that's unique to any position. Obviously, maybe I don't know anything about a leash or anything, but maybe there's a shorter leash with certain positions. But you have to produce the play, um, and I don't think that I don't think that's any different with this position. Adam. I'm asking Brian a question. Is that what I'm what, doing? Whatever you want to do, man. I, I'll, I'll start. Adam, fall off to me. So I think you just name one guy and stick with him. And you you don't say, like, look, we're going to play Jacoby. I say you stick with one guy, and until he truly, truly messes up, you go with someone else. I just don't like the ambiguity. Maybe there isn't any ambiguity, and it's just a kind of a ploy to kind of keep people happy in certain camps. I don't know. I'm not inside the buildings. That's kind of how I think you just go, yeah, Drake, Drake May is our starter. He's our guy. We're going with him. He's going to be our starter uh, for the foreseeable future, and that's who won the quarterback competition. I don't like the va- I don't like the vagueness. I don't think Max blowing smoke when he says he both guys could totally do the job. I looked, yeah. I don't think that's talk. Yeah, I think I it was think very close. It was very. I close. think they're perfectly confident in either guy to run the offense. So you know that's why it's probably not like Drake May. It's over. You know, you know I. I, I because you've never seen these guys in live action. So like we can, they can play in all the scrimmages they want, but if they're that close, I mean, I think part of the job is how you do in real games. So if they're that close, I think it would be silly to say, all right, this guy's the guy for the next 12 games, no matter what. So that's just, that's just my opinion. Brian, did you get to uh, go out to UNC practice when, when like the, the, what was the ACC network, like uh, Mm -hmm. preseason tour? Did you, were you there for that? I was there for that. Um, It was great. I um, like, I was going to say, what kind of vibe, just what kind of vibe did you get? Like, what did you, I I went the last two thinking and what were you feeling? I went the past two years and definitely um, more, I mean, this is such a cliche, more business, this year than was last year mm-hmm. um i what i love about unc's practices at least from all the ones the like unc has a very high energy 
big, you know, vibes. We're playing football, man. This is fun. This is like, this is what we love to do vibes. This year they had that, like you see that, but from the second stretch of start, man, like they're like, they're, they're not goofing off. Like they're talking, they're watching their coaches. They're listening to the thing their coaches, Max watching uh, balls from each quarterback. And, you know, he's, he is, so he's on the loudspeaker. And if you mess up, the whole the whole damn team's going to hear you mess up from the from the head coach, um, and so I think that's good. There's always someone watching. Um, I partic- I specifically went to watch some of the D line drills with Coach Cross, mm-hmm. and it's it's there's no wasted reps, man. And he and after every rep, from what I saw, he would he would coach something. He would say something like, "Do this different. Do that different." Uh, I'm not saying it's different in the past. But, you know, a lot of times people just go through the motions. Um, and I thought the coaching was much was, was hands-on. Um, Chiswick was with uh, Noah Taylor's group, I guess. The Jacks. The Jacks. Um, and, he, and he's great because um, he's a no-nonsense type guy as well. So um, I just noticed a much more hands-on approach. And there wasn't – while there was still the happy word, dude, this is awesome, we're playing football, it should be fun – it was definitely once those once that whistle or that horn blew for session one, it was on. Um, it was on. Gene was Gene was hoarse the day you guys were there, right? He, he was are, hoarse. He yelled his voice off. He said something like, "It's my sixth day, and I still already can't talk." That's that's right. ironic because he came from a job where he talked for a living. Yeah. So his, you know, his, vo- his voice wasn't game ready. <laughs> All right, John, producer John, let's get some questions here. Just do a little rapid fire here. You know, keep our answers short. We'll all kind of try to answer them a little bit, a little discussion here. But a lot of people in the chat here asking Brian and us some questions. So let's go a little rapid fire session here where we have eyes on the phone. Oh, God. Rapid fire. First question from Jay Detter. Which running back ends up with the most carries Saturday? Jones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he's going out there first. You know, and I don't, I, I could be wrong. I don't think they're going to try to, the first and foremost, this game, they're going to try to win this game, you know, and I think that's going to be trying to run the football. So I I'll think say Caleb Hood, what the hell? Jones. Um, they, we've heard recently in the last couple of days that Caleb Hood has been impressive when he's been healthy. Now he's missed time in preseason camp. Um, but he, he was, wasn't he, was he, correct me if I'm wrong, he was the number two running back before he got hurt last year. He saw yeah. a good amount of time. Uh, early DJ, Jones. DJ been, Jones was second out of the box. For a while, Caleb Hood had a great game against UVA. Caleb's um, a big dude. He's a big, big kid. He's, just, he's been injured a lot. Like I just think yeah. he's. I don't That's even think everybody, him. man. Yeah, everybody. Um, Adam it's loves a take- situation where, like, if it's a blowout, which you would hope it is, if you're UNC, that some guy could end up getting you know ten carries in the second half that maybe you're not yeah. expecting. I don't know. Yeah, I guess the most important, the more important question is who gets the second most carries. Because I asked DJ Jones today, like. Who do you think is number two running back? And he was like, well, you know, uh, it could be this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy. All right, we just named the last four. Um, all right, cool. Next question, John. Rapid fire from Philip. Do you think we will lean on the run game early and let Drake get his legs or go play action deep first series? Brian? I mean, I think the object's to win the game, and I think you have an advantage probably on the offensive line. I think they're going to run it and try to win the game first. I always like running the quarterback at some point in the first series to get him, let him get hit and to feel that. I think that's how that kind of wakes you up and gets you in the game. From my vast experience playing organized football, zero years, that's my take. Josh right. Downs, who has called 101 passes last year, said Gavin Blackwell can take the top off today. He said he can make the defense topless. Um, I'm going to say on the first series, I mean, what, what the heck? I'm going to say – we're going to have a Drake May deep ball to Gavin Blackwell. Maybe not for a touchdown, 40, 50-yard game. There it is. Book it, Philip Bowen. If that, hap- if that happens, you have to do the next show topless. All right, John, next question. This one is from Joshua. This is a little bit broader. Offensive identity of this team after the first few games. Where do you think this offense will go? Brian, what's uh, that? I think it's going to be – I don't think people realize North Carolina last three years is fifth in the country running the ball. They're going to run the ball. Yes, I know Howell's a big part of it, but they still they, – both quarterbacks they have can run the ball. It's going to be a downhill running-centric offense. I agree. Yeah. I think I – mean, at least the first couple of weeks here, I think you're going to get, see a little bit. I think you're going to see the finesse. I think you're going to see the power. Um, I think, you know, Drake, you know, he can move 
a little bit himself. You know, he's, I mean, he might be deceptively, deceptively quick or elusive. I mean, he can really move for a guy that's six, five ish. So, I think he had a, I think he had a 20 yard run against South Carolina. I know that was mop up duty, but yeah, I mean, he, even if they are third string guys for the Gamecocks, they're, they're probably higher caliber than what he'll see. It, it will be interesting to see how Coach Longo kind of rolls out the offensive script for, for Drake in the first series, first two series. You remember against South Carolina, Sam Howell, 2019 in Charlotte. They were very conservative, very conservative. And they're like, all right, you got to go win the game. And the same thing for Miami. It was like conservative, conservative. And then they had to like kind of take the wheels, take the train wheels off. So it'd be interesting. I mean, that'd be something obviously we're going to track is how Longo handles Drake um, in the first couple series. Next question, John. We had 205 watching, 205 watching. Yeah. Friend of the program. Flagle, he comments every week. <laughs> what freshman does Brian Ives have his eyes on? The, the private eyes. Uh, private Ives. <laughs> you can't hide your Brian Ives. Um, I would say Hampton and um, and Green. I mean, that's no shocker there. Um, when we were when we were there at practice, I talked. You know, I'm not the X's and O's expert. I talked to Eric McLean. And he's sitting there watching practice, and he points to Marion Hampton. He doesn't know his name. He looks at that guy. He just points. He doesn't know he's a five-star recruit. He says, that guy's different. Like, just watching him with no – like, he's not like a Carolina fan and already knows who he is. Like, oh, I bet he's going to be good. He just looks at him and goes, he's different. So, I think Hampton is someone – and because of opportunity that will um, make a difference earlier. Andre Green to me. It can, but he's obviously – it's more circumstantial with him. He has to get the ball. He has an All-American that will get more passes than him. So, Hampton. Yeah. I, yeah, I like Green a lot. His dad's been on our podcast. I think he's going to be a freak, if not this year, next year. But I, I think I'm interested to see how much Zach Rice plays. Mm-hmm. And if he plays, what if he just comes in and just balls out? And it's like, why are we playing this Harvard guy who's missing practice when we have a five-star from Virginia back there, six-foot-five, six-foot-six – Three tenths more guys. Harvard kid's pretty good. He's also a grown man. There's a big difference between an 18-year-old and a 23-year-old physically. That's actually uh, a great point I never, but, never thought about. Like <laughs> He's pretty Zach, smart, too. Zach yeah. Rice is also – I think he's listed as the two at guard and tackle. Uh, yeah. Correct me if I'm if I'm wrong. So, I think we'll see him plenty. Especially Zach in the, in the, the first game. Right tackle. He's the okay. two. Yeah, Jonathan Adorno, who I cannot say his name right now, has been apparently one of the pleasant surprises of camp. He's at right guard. Uh, uh, I, I, you know, that's something funny. I should have known that. The 23-year-old difference, uh, uh, you know, a fifth-year senior. When you go to college, when you're a freshman, and then you look at the seniors, there's such a huge difference between a freshman and a, and a, and a senior. Obviously, it's different when you're a football player, but that's just something that is, is obvious, yeah. All right, John, we got another one? This is a good wrap-up to the segment. People want you on record, Brian. I know this is the hardest question to get. Love it. But any predictions about UNC's record? We won't ask you to go game by game. No. General um, don't love it. This Las Vegas over-under is seven and a half. Mm-hmm. Which I think is perfect. I think, I think that's exactly perfect what it should number, be. Man. I think it's, I'm not going to say what games are going to win. They're going to lose. Um, let's put it this way. I, I, they're going to win more games than last year. Like, So there you go. I didn't say over and under. It's a good number, man. It's a good number. If you put a gun to my head, don't do that. Um, (laughs) Seven and a half is a perfect number. I don't know. Eight and four. There you go. That's what I predicted on the Tommy Ashley podcast, I believe. Eight and four. Yeah, but I I mean, I mean, I, that's, you know, because like it's, it's, those things are, they're fun. Mm -hmm. There's content. But when you think about like, I'm trying to think last year at this time, who would have said, that Virginia Pitt would have decided essentially the coastal. <laughs> like the coast is so Mi- weird, man. And that Miami, North Carolina would be a largely meaningless game. So like the predictions are great, but like, dude, this division, last year division, we don't know. We don't know. We have no clue. There's so many toss-ups. I think right. they're all I think, toss-ups. I think Pitt's a toss-up. I think Wake Forest is a toss-up. I think NC State's a toss-up. I think I hate to say it, but there's a chance like Virginia in Virginia with Brennan Armstrong could be a game that UNC could could kind of slip up and lose. So I mean, that game was that, bananas last year in Chapel Hill, like bananas. Yeah. It always it always been, has been the last couple of years. Um, I still remember Cedric Gray on was it on special teams or missing some 
fake punt against Virginia. John, you were living with me at that point. We watched that game together. You would not drink a beer. We watched that one. It was it was one of those last games. Keaton Thompson, the fake punt two years ago. Mm-hmm. And Cesar Gray kind of missed the oh, play there. Okay, okay. Yeah, the 2020 season. Yeah. Keaton yeah. yeah, Thompson's yeah, back. Man, that whole offense, they might have some questions on defense. Virginia's offense with Tony Elliott, they bring everyone back. I'd argue they have maybe the best wide receiver court in ACC, too. That People are – Virginia's going to score some points. Brian, what are you most excited about with this team? Like, when you're – as a fan – Put your put your fan uh, the, hat on. Like the the combination of the unknown and the hope. Like <laughs> because print the like, shirts. Print the shirts on that one. <laughs> because to me, like this is when it, this is everyone thinks about when they think of freshmen. They're like basketball. You know, like oh, they got to come in and right away they're going to change a team. Football is a grown human being sport. It is not a college. Power five college football is not a high schooler sport. It takes a second for these guys to get, to get acclimated. And now is when we should really, you know, you're going to have your guys that pop early, but now is when hopefully you start to see some of this talent and some of these players come to fruition. And I think it's exciting that we might not know who, or like, you know, we might see a guy that we've watched the past two or three years or a couple of years, be it like a ritzy that like might not have gotten all the snaps last year, but like, you know, he's coming and you kind of know he's coming and you, you follow the journey. I think that's one thing that college football still has just watching the growth of these players and you build this depth that these players hopefully aren't going to be relied upon to be insane this early. And they can eventually a year or two down the road pop. I think that's where it's exciting um, is, is hopefully seeing some of these guys grow into their own that Carolina fans have heard of for three or four years now. And now they'll start to get in maybe a bigger spotlight. That was like a script to the intro of like a season, you know, a season show. It's like we've waited two years for this player to pop here in Keenan Stadium, 2022. Javari Ritzy, we're ready for him. We've been waiting. But I, I, you know? I think I, I don't think Carolina is unique in that sense. Maybe they are a little bit because they're recruiting and that type of thing. But like that's all. That's 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 why everyone yeah. looks great in camp. You know. You know, I we're mean, fast and healthy. sound reasoning that Ives is bringing to the show. Yeah, I mean, this yeah, is like well like, thought out. You know, uh, he's not firing off takes just to fire off takes. You know, it's yeah. Ross is disappointed. Reasoning here. <laughs> I, I texted Brian Ives. I said, "You want to come on the on the beat? Bring some takes. What I say? Bring some takes and some opinions or something." And I said, "Facts only." Facts yeah. only. Hey, John, what are you most looking forward to? Let's do a little around the horn here. That's, that's actually, I'm going to build on Brian's point because I think that is what I'm most looking forward to. For example, I remember exactly where I was when Drake May committed to UNC football. Where were you? People, I was in uh, New York City at the <laughs> Metropolitan Museum of Art store or something, one of those stores. <laughs> I got it on my you phone. You get the alert. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think people who follow Inside Carolina have that similar experience. They follow the recruitments because Don is the best in the biz, and now you're finally starting to see some of these guys pay off. I think that is one of the big things that I'm looking forward to this year is, is watching the development of these highly touted prospects that UNC worked so hard to, to sign in recruiting. This is just an after-school special. It's just like <laughs> I'm looking forward to the maturation of our players. They grow into adults. All right, Adam, what do you got? What, what are you it most looking good. forward to? It yeah. feels good, doesn't it? It's it a does. feel-good after-school John, John is so wholesome, man. I It's unbelievable. I got off the school bus. I put the pizza rolls in, and I'm watching the after-school special. Oh, it feels good. I'm getting out of my school clothes, getting in my play clothes. Um, I would say, like, kind of what uh, – I mean, in keeping with the theme here, I would say I'm looking forward to the answers to some of these questions and who is going – like, I was like, who is going to come? Like, somebody's going to come. Somebody's going to Somebody make is. Play. Yeah. I mean, somebody's gonna, going to. Yeah. Um, and we know the candidates. Um, and – I'm, I'm interested to see who they're going to be. You know, there's a lot of discussion over here uh, about running back and stuff. It's, all five running backs are listed on the depth chart. Is <laughs> DJ Jones or and the other four guys. I mean, it's, you know, I, I'm just interested to see who's going to come. And I'm interested to see how, like, some of the big money guys, how does Tony Grimes play uh, <laughs> this year? You know, hey, how, how smooth is he in the press conference? I, I love the guy. I they love, mean, I mean, he's, he's, He's amazing. Uh, I love a guy that can that can talk, you know, walk it and talk it. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I'm interested to, see, to to see like how a Tony Grimes plays, how a Miles Murphy plays, 
does Des Evans finally explode? Yeah. Or maybe not even explode. We'll take, you know, what's half of an explosion? I don't know. A tremor? Um, you know, we'll, I'm just interested to see as we've built to this, even though the season's starting a week earlier for UNC than it is for most everybody, I feel like we've built and built and built to this. And I understand that Florida A&M is not Notre Dame or Clemson, but, you know, it's. It, I think it's going to be fun to see um, who starts to answer some of these questions. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with – I'm ready for the defense to just, like, get to the point where the defense can win the game. Like, I'm sick of these shootouts. I want, like, a defense that's stacking the quarterback, picking up the ball, running it in. Interceptions, sack, you know, tackles for a loss. Like, that defense you – know, defense that we've seen at some points in the past where you just know they're going to go out there and bring it. And I think they have some guys that like, – like you said, Adam, I mean, like, Javari Ritzy, Miles Murphy, Vohasek, Des Evans, Noah Taylor, like they have the names. It's time to show up and just attack the other team. I love our uh, UNC's linebackers. Like Cedric Gray is a beast. Like you say next, the dude is just muscles built on muscles, like have, huge traps. Have y'all had a chance to talk to Power Eccles? Yeah, Adam, I don't think you were there, but it was like a random Saturday in the middle of camp. Um, I, I was so, covering the Wyndham. So <laughs> I, I knew his – one of his high school teachers fairly well. And I don't think I've ever heard them talk about a student more highly as a student and as a person in the class, nothing to do with football more highly than power echoes. Apparently if you want like a linebacker and a leader of your defense, like that's the type of guy you want. So I'm, I agree with linebackers because you know, with the D the defensive line is going to get a lot of height. The secondary has some big time recruits, but it also probably has some, some questions maybe in the middle of it. Yeah. Um, the linebackers kind of get forgotten in the discussion about the defense. And I'm really excited to see those young guys. Um, Power might be a little undersized, but I've heard nothing but great things about him as a leader and as a kid. I mean, what's better than a a six foot zero, 225 pound middle linebacker? Like that's what you want in college. I mean, obviously you want, but that's what you want in college. The guy that's get in there. Everything we've heard about power is just that he can hit. He takes great angles he just fires in there and and like hits with what did Tommy Thigpen called him the most vicious young person he's ever been around like the violence like, he plays with violent vicious violent. tenacious so yeah and he didn't play much I mean the, 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 he played a couple times but he got kicked out one of he the got games a pick so six called game. back didn't he didn't he get a pick FSU six game. called back or did he yeah. step out yeah he had a pick six against yeah. Georgia State and he I think he stepped out stepped uh, on the sideline. Yeah. Step down. Yeah. And then, I mean, I think our corners can be good too. Like it's time, like you said, it's, it's the money season for Tony oh, Grimes. Yeah. This guy moved up his whole life schedule to make this the year where he shows out and can be a, you know, a top two, three round pick in the draft. Like this is why he did it. So like, and then Storm Duck and Legend of Vassos and Dante Balfour. So I'm pretty excited about that group. Um, okay. Anything else? Any other questions, John, you think we need to t- touch on? I've got good? a good one. I've got a good one for Brian. It's a good wild card question here on a, on a okay. Tuesday night. Brian, you just went to 14 ACC schools as part there of this go. ACA kickoff tour. Can you give us either the best story or the best food that you ate on this monster tour of the Atlantic Coast Conference? So to be clear, I didn't go to all 14. Um, so Producer John didn't do his research. I know. It's okay. Um, best moment. Uh <laughs> funny for this for this audience was actually at nc state when kelsey riggs got hit in the face by a football uh so they were doing a center demonstration uh with their center grant gibson and she was the quarterback in shotgun and she didn't realize how hard these guys snapped the ball so she had her hands up and it just went straight through her hands and just nailed her in the face she's okay so we can laugh but her getting smacked in the face by a football during a during a tape demonstration and they didn't stop like they kept going as she like grabbed her face and like ran out of screen. So that was pretty funny. Um, uh, best food. I didn't go because I was visiting my sister, but in Atlanta, Georgia tech is a place called house steakhouse heard incredible reviews. Um, it was recommended to our people by a former teammate who's now in the NFL. So you probably need to bring your wallet, but uh, house steakhouse in Atlanta got the best reviews of any uh, restaurant. Awesome. Um, so, great. Yeah, y'all got, y'all got a great crew. I mean, Kelsey's great. We hung out with her a bunch in Memphis. Remember that, Adam? 
hanging out with Kelsey Riggs during the 2017 mm-hmm. Final Four. Yeah. And, she and, will yes. be well, she will be in Chapel Hill this weekend. Yeah, and I uh, love her, her star. Her star is. I mean, she's hosting Sports Center. I don't know how much higher you can get. So Kelsey's great. Um, all right, UNC um, kicks off against Florida A&M at 8 p.m. at Keene Stadium. Should be an awesome day. Before that is the blue-white game. And, you know, Brian Knives, as most UNC fans are, he's a basketball guy. And we're going to get about five minutes of basketball talk here to kind of preview that. Just some takes, whatever we're we're talking about. Then we put the the football stuff to bed. Drake May, defense, all that stuff. Adam? I got a question for Ives, then, if we're going to go basketball. Yeah, we're going to go basketball. Blue-white game, 4 p.m., NIL stuff in the the Dean Dome. Tickets are still available, but that kind of previews the the, oh the football game. I mean, what a day! You get over there in the early afternoon and spend the whole day, a whole night in blue heaven. Um, but That's I was right. going to say to Ives, like, I mean, if we're talking basketball, what would you? Yeah, what it's August, but would you expect UNC to be the preseason number one, or would you expect it to be Gonzaga? I would assume that those would be the two team. You know, some of us vote in that poll. <clears throat> um, I would expect. I didn't know Ross voted in that the poll. top two, right? Or what, what would you say? I've, I've never voted. That's Adam. <laughs> oh, okay. I know. I know. I know. Um, I, I, yes, because people are going to hate on Gonzaga. Um, that's probably why I think North Carolina might be number one. I think Kentucky's a dark horse. Yes, they lost St. Peter's, but they bring back the National Player of the Year, among other players. But I would expect UNC to be um, the preseason number one because people – are kind of like over Gonzaga. Like they don't think they can do it, which is silly. Okay. They made, they made the final four or the national championship game twice in the past five years uh, or whatever it is. Um, right, so overrated. <laughs> yeah. They're overrated. overrated. Uh, but no, I think, I think there's like some Gonzaga fatigue and the people, the last thing people remember is Carolina almost won championship Duke, I think. So um, I don't think people dive too much into why they rank teams number one preseason. Um, but yeah, I would expect uh, Carolina to be preseason number one. Let's get into more particulars here. What are you most excited about about this team? I mean, they return everybody, but but Brady Manick, the unicorn. Uh, what are you pumped about for watching? I mean, backcourt round, round, round table here. Backcourt, like experienced backcourts win in college basketball. Yep. You would see I, there's like for as hot and cold as both of them can be, like there's no it's it's a backcourt. Caleb Love, R.J. Davis, and bringing in Seth Trimble, who I think is going to be UNC's starter, uh, starting backcourt member for the next four years probably. Adam, what are you, what are you looking forward to? Everything. I mean, everything. I, I, just, I just think it's going to be a special season. Not that, not that the end of last season wasn't. I mean, what, gosh, from March 5th to April 1st, 2nd, or 3rd, I mean, what a run. Unbelievable. But – I mean, everything. The Caleb and Love and R.J. Davis is juniors. Armando Bacot yeah, has got a shot, what, to become the all-time leading rebounder in program history, I think. I probably has the stats on that somewhere. Um, I think that's going to be easily for him to get within the first half of the season, right? I don't, I, I, I guess don't worry. So. I'll tell you soon. <laughs> <laughs> the ESPN you know, database. The, the Pete Nance fit. You know, like, I mean, when we – Ross, we were there um, – in July for an availability and, you know, every player had good things to say about Pete Nance. I think Leakey told you and I, Ross, he's like, you'll see, you'll see. It won't take you long to see just about the, the fit there. Not it might not be Pete Nance going for 22 points a game, but he was talking about just how he will, will integrate into that, that, you know, uh, power forward stretch four spot that, that Brady Manick played last year, you know, Leakey, uh, you know, coming back to try to cap his career, you know, like what, you know, a bunch of those guys have said, have made no bones about saying like, yeah, I mean, we're, we were coming back to try to get, make a run at the national championship. Hey, what did Caleb say? Caleb Love say to us. Hey, can, can we get into that or do we need to use sure. that? In a story? I mean, well, you're using a story, but it's not come out for another like, month or two. Well, we happen to be talking to, and I thought, Ross, listen, if I could listen to this, Brian, the, listen to this, Brian. This is, if this I could is, pat you on the back again, Ross, I thought we did the right thing. Cause when we were able to talk to the players when they had they had a summer availability, everyone went to Pete Nance, and Ross and I went to Caleb Love. We were the only two people around Caleb Love. And he, he was sitting in a chair on the court at the Deanum at the Smith Center, and he just happened – the way he was sitting happened to be facing the national championship banners there on the one – you know, the one end zone, uh, the rafters there, the one end of the, the Smith Center. 
and we were talking to him about stuff, and he's pointing up there, uh, you know, pointing up there to the rafters. And I thought, for whatever reason, I was like, well, did you guys get a runner-up banner last year? I actually said that to him. I was like, what are you, are you talking about, you know, b- finishing second last year? And he's like, no, nah, we've already got the spot picked out. It'll look right, you know, it'll look good right up there. And so, you know, he was showing Ross and I the spot that they've already got picked out for, I guess it would be 2022-2023, which Leaky later, later confirmed. Like, oh, yeah, that's the spot's right up there. It's that's to the right of the 2017 it's- banner. Houston, is that right? Yeah. 2017 yeah. was Phoenix. I'm saying next year is Houston. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah, it's Houston. Yep. Uh, if they don't make it and they don't, it's just going to be a big letdown. John, what are you most excited about? Yeah, I'm going to focus on specifically for Saturday's scrimmage. I'm, I'm really excited to see what some of the freshmen look like. Seth Trimble, Trimble Jalen Washington, Tyler Nickel. We kind of get to see them in a UNC jersey for the first time. I think that'll be really exciting. I'm not sure exactly to what the format will be for this NIL event, if it's just going to be a straight-up scrimmage or if they're going to you know, entertain the crowd at all. Um, but I'd say seeing those three players in any sort of scrimmage environment would be what I'm looking forward to. Do we want to do some some rapid fire here as well for basketball? Could be a good close yeah, show, let's, Ross. Let's close out here with two or three. I, I'm looking most looking forward to um, – I think Love is going to just go off. He had a great year last year. I'm looking forward to him just taking over games – and how Pete Nance assimilates with the team. I think he's going to fit in well. It's going to be different than Brady Manick. They're going to miss his shooting. People are, you know, you're going to miss Brady. Brady was so freaking good. They're going to miss how he just spread the court so well. So hopefully someone, you know, hopefully there's more opportunities for some other players to shoot. But Nance is, is not going to be that type of player. And I'm in, on, on John's note, I'm very interested to see Seth Trimble. I think he's great. I'm interested to see what Tyler Nickel could be at UNC. He was an interesting recruitment, interesting type player. He's a very heavy volume scorer and shooter. I wonder what he can be in year one, year two at UNC. John, two, three questions. Let's get out of here. Starting off with Ryan Murphy. How many NBA players are on the UNC basketball roster? I guess NBA player defined as like perhaps like a rotation player there. Maybe not someone who just gets a cup of tea in the NBA. Um, yeah. On the roster – uh three a cup not not a cup of tea who actually make a roster two okay stay on a roster for you know at least more than a year two uh love and tremble you don't think baycott i think he'd be a cup of tea guy yeah nance cup of tea guy nance is not i mean he probably can play in the nba his brother is dad playing the nba but he's nba you want age the nba cares about age more than any other league and unfortunately, he's already, what, 23-ish. Yeah. I'm interested to see what love can be in the NBA. Adam, any thoughts on that? I mean, you know, I love all these guys. I love talking to these guys. But, I am I mean, you know, if, if if they would be in the NBA now if they could be in the NBA. I, I think, you know, not to be a wet blanket here. But, uh, I mean, I love talking to these guys. I think, I think Carolina fans are going to enjoy Pete Nance just from the times that we've been able to talk to him. He seems like just such a – like a swell dude. Uh, Marcus Page like, vibes. Marcus Page media vibes. Just, I mean, just super nice, intelligent. Uh, seems like a great guy, you know. Um, and you know, all these guys. I, I, I'm. I hope the season just lasts as long as possible because I enjoy, have enjoyed talking to these guys, covering these guys, getting to know these guys. And this is, <laughs> you know, we've gotten to do it now. What three years with them now? Like they've yeah. actually stayed around. You know, we know these guys. Not like other places where they come in and leave. So, where does that happen? I didn't know this was some love fest either. I don't know how any of this love fest is related to the question. All right, John, next question. This is from uh, aptly named YouTube user. Who ends up team MVP? Brian, quick. Uh, Baycott's the most important player, MVP. Adam. Same. Same. Baycott. Yeah, I'll say, uh, I'll just go, hey, I'll go Davis for a little different answer there. I think Davis is poised for a great season, too. All right, one I'm more. Go, I'm going Caleb Love, by the way, for that answer. This is the last one. Good one to end on. Which basketball player will supply, surprise us this year in a positive way? Brian? Wow. Um, Dontre Styles. Adam? That is – that, oh, like, John. Chris, I appreciate the question. You could have answered that just as well as me. Like I, I, <laughs> Puff Johnson. 
Yeah, I think there's an opportunity here with with Nance playing a little more five and backing up Baycott, but also starting the four. You'll have then you'll have a chance for Dontrez and Puff to compete for kind of that that stretch four role. So one of those two guys. Um, yeah, I think Dontrez takes the biggest leap from freshman year to sophomore year. John, what do you think? I'd say Leaky Black, especially offensively. Love it. I can feel it coming. The shooting. Maybe this Love is it, the man. Year. Like, like, no, I, I know you said quick. Look at the second half of the year, man. Like mm-hmm. his shot, he made two threes in that Duke game. Like his shooting, but you had to, you couldn't leave him open. Yeah, exactly. Although That's he didn't it. make a, he didn't make a three the entire month of March. But <laughs> other than that, he's great. <laughs> he was better offensively, and you did have to respect his three, which is important. We have been waiting for the the leaky breakout, um, you know, offensive thing for a couple of years. By the now. way, Baycott, like a two hundred seventeen rebound shy. He's had at least that many every year. He had like five hundred last year. Right. So yeah, that's Hansborough's record. And look, la- last year leaky, like it wasn't about scoring. Like he was locked on defender. He, you know, he stuffed the stats. So, all right, any parting words? Anybody? You might got anything else? We good? Adam? There's only one ball, Ross. I don't know how leaky's going to score that much. There's only one ball. That's right, Brian. We really appreciate you coming on. That was great. Good insight there. Good perspective. Good measured analysis. Uh, we'll definitely have you back on at some point this season, and, and for sure for basketball. Brian Ives on the beat. Uh, Adam Smith, producer John, Johnny T-shirt. Uh, make sure to check them out. Subscribe to our YouTube page. Um, subscribe to where you listen to our podcast on audio version. And thanks to our new sponsor, Blue Shark Vodka.